Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Jules. And, and welcome, welcome to The Babesmint. Steph is a body positive photographer. And Jules is an intuitive eating and body image coach. And we're passionate about empowering people to own their bodies and themselves so that they can live their biggest, boldest lives. So join us as we celebrate the stories of incredible humans and the bodies they've lived them in. Let's shall, she says as she puts on her headphones after I so, what's the word? Hastefully pressed record. You pressed record. I was still, I'm still looking at my phone. I don't have my, I don't have my cords situated. You know, you, know. you just go, shall we? And I, of course, said, let's shall. And then, and then I was like pressing record and I was like, oh shit, she doesn't even have her headphones on. You know, we're all doing the best we can out here. Uh, <laughs> we are. We are. We're doing the best we can. We are indeed. Do you know what I did last week that, you know, we talk about self-care mm-hmm. and we talk about doing all sorts of stuff to take care of ourselves. And I want to share with you an underrated self-care item that I did last week. Totally just like felt moved to do it. Like did not plan this. It just like washed over me the middle of like a morning when I was like, I have an hour between things. And I like- I'm like on the edge of my seat. What did you do? Right? I organized the top drawer of my dresser. <gasps> so it's the drawer of my dresser. So my dresser kind of comes up to like chest height-ish, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, that's where I like put my makeup on, do my hair is like at my dresser in my bedroom. And so the top drawer has like my hair ties, my scrunchies and my makeup and my hair products that I like and my the hair tools that I like to use. And it has all of that stuff, yeah. right? Like my deodorant, like my lotion, like my, you know, all that stuff. Is all just your items. And like here and there, I'll go in and I'll try to like make it make it organized. And then it just like becomes pure chaos. Yeah. Pure chaos. That's inevitable. Oh my God. And so I, it just washed over me and I actually like, I didn't do what I usually do, which was like clean it out, but still, and try to like put, place things in organized spaces. I actually got inspired. Again, I don't know where this came from. Perhaps from my friend who was telling me that her wife has gone on like a really big organizational I've been deep spree. cleaning my my entire apartment. I was going to say I cleaned out the front closet. <sighs> there okay. It feels good. It I did that on Sunday afternoon. It felt so like, good. You're a, like you're a whole new woman. Yeah, yeah. So like my friend was like she's like, "Oh my god, like my wife's been like at the container store every weekend, like going like <laughs> balls to the wall. Yeah. And they, so maybe that was like in my, in, in like my subconscious. So I, we have all these like little, we we love Wylands. It's yeah. So for those of you who don't live in Columbus or Clintonville, it's this cute little like, kind of like a more gourmet type of grocery store. They have like really good meats and fish so and wines. a boutique grocery store. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> they have great, pre- like, like prepared stuff. So often, especially in the summertime, especially summer, we'll go and we'll get like, there are really good burgers to grill and chicken chicken. And then like, oh, they have this broccoli sauce to die for. And their red skin potato salad is my favorite. So like, we'll often non-sponsored, just like- Non-sponsored. Non-sponsored. But... Hey, Wilds, we love you. It's in Clintonville <laughs> and, and Indianola. Um, if you haven't been, like, you're welcome. Like, don't get your meat and fish anywhere else. Like, go. And, but it all comes in these like little plastic containers. Mm-hmm. And so we have a bunch that we'll save for like, you know, food yeah. usually. But I was like, this has kind of gotten a little out of control. We have a lot of these containers now. And I was like, wait a minute. These are perfect little like bins 
to put and there's like all different sizes I have I like love- bigger shallow ones I have smaller and so I like put everything in these little bins so I have like a bin for my like hair ties and bobby pins and little barrettes and I have like a, a bigger like one that I have all my scrunchies in and one for my makeup and I it you open this goddamn drawer and you're it's like I'm going upstairs to oh, look in it oh, oh I mean <laughs> I'm gonna it's it's like Did rocks. I send a video to Haley? Like, yeah, I did. I was like, um, I need you to see my drawer. There's honestly <laughs> nothing more fulfilling to me than like God. the perfectly sized container to hold a thing that oh. fits into the space. Like, oh, I God. love bins. Yes. I love containers. So good. I love jars. We're like, like orgasming over. <laughs> I, it's so true it though. Like, I, so the, good. Like, ooh, just thinking about like everything mm. in your house like has a place I know. to go. I know. Well, and it goes so there. Alex, Alex is, that's, that's how he is by nature like everything has a home yeah now I by nature am not like that but I living with him now for the past let's see four years been living together like it's starting to like rub off on me like mm-hmm. I just got an unlimited to moo's for my car <gasps> I've become so obsessed with keeping my car like perfectly clean I need to wash my car real Ooh, bad we should like have a little moo's date after this just like go to moo's although I went yesterday so that'd be kind of extra <laughs> <laughs> you, you can ride with me so you can get the feeling. But I I really, I need somebody to like detail my car. Feels, She's been through a lot. Dude, like organizing shit, like you do feel like your energy, it's like a big sigh of relief. Well, it, it truly clears out. Like, um, like clearing physical clutter clears mental clutter I was gonna and emotional say, clutter. It does. Like cleaning is actually a very like, if you're witchy like I am, it's actually a very fantastic release ritual. Yes. Like, so I I literally have been deep cleaning every room of my apartment being like, I'm cleaning the depression out of my house because I had such a hard winter. And I'm like, no, like literally cleansing yes. your space, yes. cleaning things out, moving moving <sighs> the energy of the items Just around in your it, home. I'm like, oh my God, it feels so good. It feels so good. And that's- It feels so good. I, so I cleaned out this closet that like had become my closet of shame in my oh, in the no. front of my apartment I had old coats. We, we, we all have that closet or that just, drawer. Shit just like thrown yeah. in there like a yeah. bunch of old wrapping paper rolls mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. were mostly gone and oh my god I <laughs> I was cleaning out the basket that has like all of my winter accessories like scarves and hats. I had not cleaned it out Seems like since college because do you know what I found in there? Oh my god. I found the oh like peak like 2010, like the the hats that were like a knit hat, but also a beret that you would wear on like the back of oh, your head. Yeah. If you were I an never, arty like I, Tumblr I girl, wasn't. you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was too fucking you needed for that. You needed like a bobby pin <laughs> up at the top of it to like hold it on your fucking oh head because God. it sat back on your head. I found three. Oh. I found three in there. Were they all black? No, oh, I used to wear oh. like really bright colors when I was in college. Oh. Like I loved a, like a teal and like a okay, mustard okay. yellow. Okay. And I I I'm dead. I found okay. them all and like they still had like the bobby pins attached to them because I would just leave a bobby pin attached to these hats. I also found like a checkered plaid scarf oh. and some of the skinny scarves oh, that like made no scarves. sense. They really didn't make sense. So they really um, didn't make sense. I could probably send send those to like some kids from TikTok because now they're all like lusting over the early 2000s fashion. I'm like, well, I found oh, some. Well, let me tell you <laughs> what. Let me tell you, kids. Let me tell you. Oh, good luck keeping these hats in. So do you want to know the only thing that didn't feel good about the whole drawer organizing situation was it things you found in there because that's no, how I felt no there wasn't <laughs> like the, like that was all fine but 
what was really a bummer was I was like, oh my God, Alex is going to be like so pumped and so proud of me. You know what? This is my drawer. So he never goes into it. He didn't like know what it looked like before, really. It didn't bother him before. But like, I was like, he's going to be so proud of me. Like, I cannot wait to show him. Because this is like his, like, he loves this shit. Like, he loves everything to have a home. Mm -hmm. And like, now everything has a home. Like, my deodorant has a home. Love it. We love it. And I was like, oh my God, Alex, you guys what I did. Like, come here. And he was like, what? He's like, that. that's how it should be. He's like, it should have already been yeah, that way. Exactly. And I was like, fuck Classic. you. Classic. I was like, no. You're like, how dare you? All how right, fine. I'm going to mess it up again. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have such like an interesting thing because I think that because like growing up, like my house, my bedroom was always so messy growing up. Everything always was like shit was just everywhere. And so now like having my own space, I not only have like, I have purposeful clutter of like, I have a lot of knickknacks and a lot of tiny items that like bring me joy. Like I couldn't do the Marie Kondo thing of like getting rid of things because they all sparked joy. Like yeah. all my little tiny things that make no sense. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like everything has a home. Yeah. Like this, this specific figurine that I don't need belongs in this spot. In this exact These spot. These fake teeth that I drilled yeah. that one time belong yeah. on the mantle right yeah. here next to the flying That's legit. That's, like, legit. That's legit. Right now, it, we can look at, uh, we have a little, like, I don't know, table behind our couch in the basement. Mm -hmm. And do you see that massive fucking trophy? Yeah, I look at it every time we podcast. I... Hate it. That's a, that, that's that's its home. It's I, broken. And I had to I had to rehome it because Alex had insisted it live upstairs in the living room. Uh, no. There's not a fucking living room trophy. This trophy, my friends, is his. Uh, he has a very intense fantasy football league with his college buddies. Oh my god, is that what it's? That's for? now like ten years. Like it's or longer. Like it's been in existence now for a long time. He's actually going to Houston for the draft this year. Um, but that's what it is. He finally won. He won like a thousand dollars. Yeah. And then they have because a boys are pretending to have football teams. Yes, yes, unbelievable. Yes, they all, they all like pay into it, and then they have this trophy, and they have like like name placards and everything. And so I am counting down the days. It's we're now about a month out to when that that trophy gets packed in his suitcase yes. and goes with him to Houston to go on to this past year's winner. Let's I make can't, a babesman trophy and put it. Oh in Oh my its god! Place. I look how much space it takes up. As it's. It's uh, substantial. I hate it. I hate it with like, a burning, fiery passion. Like, and it's like a guy like ripping his shirt yeah, off. Yeah, it's like, rawr, like two footballs on the like other side. It's like he thinks he's the Hulk and the you're one, just like, the my The one guy. football's broken because of the guy who sent it before. Like, it, yeah, I know. It's awful. Anyways, yeah, I look at it every time we <laughs> podcast. I, I will... <laughs> That will feel like a really amazing thing to cleanse. I'm so like, gonna, let go of that. I'm going to be like, oh my God, yes. I'm going to build a babesman trophy and put I, it in its place. I'm here for that. And I'm going to award it to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and give him 10 cents. And give him 10 cents. <laughs> All right, guys. So welcome um, to the basement. I'm Jules. This is Steph. And Hi. in case you are needing a, a different form of self-care, listen, cleaning and, and cleaning. purging and reorganizing shit. And might I recommend getting tiny little containers to organize shit because yeah. game changer. There's game nothing, changer. I, I will so never try to organize good. without it anymore. I, I may have to take a trip to the container store. Oh, I love the container store. I, have, I, I don't think I've ever actually been, but people like, <gasps> go crazy for it. I know. I love I, it there. See, I think if I go, it's going to be like, it's overwhelming. It, I, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck. Like, my life has forever changed. Now I'll probably go all the time and like, yeah. way too much money and I just, I, I, I it's like, 
I try not yeah. to go there because when I go, I end up buying so many more containers than what I need. Because <laughs> I'm like, I can organize my whole fucking life in here. And then they've got just like every single kind of thing you might ever need. And it's like the most beautiful place. But I have enough. I have like bins. I have fucking baskets. Like a, I have a basket for blankets. I have two baskets for blankets. Like I just, I've got too much going on already. You know, there's what it is. So, anyway. Today, we have a solo up. If you can't already tell, it's just it's us. It's just us. Chill in the basement. Maple actually is in my seat. She legitimately like pushed me out of my she corner did. spot on the couch. She slid um, in back behind you and pushed you She did. You out. She did. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Uh, so now it's like, it, we're kind of in a funny position to podcast because like we're kind of sitting side we're by sitting side. very close. Like thankfully you're turned to face me, but like I mm-hmm. have to like turn my head to look at you in a weird way. It's like not totally like normal. This is not how we normally, we would not normally sit quite so close we're to podcast. Real, we're We've really got a close. full large sectional down, couch. I think they'd be like, mm, what's going on here? <laughs> Just what? We're sharing a blanket. <laughs> It's fine. Everything's fine. fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Okay, so we've kind of had this like topic brewing. Mm -hmm. It's been simmering in the back of my mind. Yeah, it's been simmering. I know like you've been wanting to like write about it and share about it on Instagram. And we were kind of like, you know what? Why don't we kind of bring this out and really unpack it on the podcast? Because Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that Many of you will listen to this and be like, oh my God, me too. And so the kind of overarching theme that we're going to unpack today is what are all the different ways that diet culture has impacted your life without you even realizing it in ways that don't even have to do with your body or food? Mm -hmm. And with that specifically, we are looking at it through the lens because really what diet culture does and really what it's largely rooted in, of course, is this idea of perfection. Yeah. And it's very, very, very much all or nothing programming. Like you either eat only these things and then you're good or you don't and you're bad. Like you're either exercising like this or you don't and you're bad. It's like, and, and that's a huge thing that I end up coaching my like all my clients around is like yeah. this all or nothing trap. Mm-hmm. It's what keeps so many of them from, from like routinely like moving their bodies in ways that, that they love or, you know, whatever it is. Because it's, it's like this all or nothing mentality of like, if I don't have a full 30 minutes or whatever the time that diet culture says in your head, well, then I can't do it. If I can't go to a class, then I'm not going to do anything, right? And so it, it becomes like if I can't do it, quote, perfectly all, that I can't do it at all. Right. And this seeps into every area of our life. And it's an interesting thing to explore because oftentimes it's just so subconscious that we don't realize mm-hmm. these other ways, these other sneaky ways that diet culture impacts us in this perfectionistic way. Yeah, I think perfectionism is really at the core of a lot of eating disorders and, you know, self-esteem issues and all of these things that that get wrapped up in our mental health. Um, I think especially for women, we, I mean, once again, it goes up to the patriarchy, but like (laughs) uh, we are trained that we need to be perfect. We need to be X, Y, and Z. We need to look this way. We need to behave this way. We need to not show too much of this or say too much of that or be too loud. And 
it's this mode that we all are raised and trained into believing that makes a good woman, makes mm. a good girl. Mm. And and so mm-hmm. we get these really deeply ingrained ideas where like even after and like we've we've seen this with ourselves, but I think that we don't always realize the ways that perfectionism has infiltrated other parts of our brain and other ways that we look at not only ourselves, but others and Mm. and the way that other people show up in the world Mm -hmm. and the expectations that we have of them. Yeah. One one way before we like dive into the kind of bigger time, like bigger part of that I know we want to get to, that just kind of popped up in my mind that I'm like, oh damn, like I didn't really look at it in this way before is I know for me, like a lot of perfection that has to do with people losing, right? Mm-hmm. We just like, we don't, we don't want to rock the boat and all of that. And I know like that's a big thing for me that oh, yeah. I, I still have to work on all the time. Same. And what's interesting is like, like recently I had an experience where I had to stand up for myself. And I had to say things that were hard, mm-hmm. but that were true, that had like really hurt me to someone who I cared about a lot, you know? And it was really hard because it's like, oh shit, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to say that to her. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to like, like I, I don't, I want to please everybody. Like even yeah. people that hurt me, it's like, like I don't want to hurt I don't her. Wanna rock the boat. Like God forbid I rock the boat. God forbid I like say this, this thing, you know, like, so, so it's so much, it's so much so a perfection, you know, people pleasing that like we can end up just being like, I can be a fucking wet blanket a lot and just like yeah. let people treat me like fucking shit because I am too afraid to be like, yo, that really hurt. Like, hey, that's not okay. Like, yeah. hey, you did this thing and it was really shitty. And like, you know what I mean? And so it's like, whoa. Like, I had that realization of like, oh my God, I so rarely stand up for myself because. God forbid I make the other person uncomfortable or like well, God forbid that like I rock the boat. And, you know, a good girl is not confrontational. A good girl <sighs> does not bring up the things. I mean, that's something that I am very actively learning in my life and relationships right now is that I trained myself to always put my feelings behind those of everyone around me. Yeah. I needed yes. to I needed to bend. Yes. I needed to bend in order to make everybody else happy. And so I was always, quote unquote, fine. Yeah. I was always fine. I was always okay. I was always the strong one. I was always the one who didn't need anything, didn't need anyone, but was could help, could make everybody else feel better, could always step in, could always be the one to take on any sort of burden. And like, I fucking cracked. Yeah. I cracked because yeah. you can't do that. And yeah. And the fact is that like, that comes from this perfectionist ten- tendency that we place on, on ourselves. And then other people have that expectation of us. And when we believe that it's what we are supposed to do, it becomes this really damaging cycle of the fact that like, even though if you directly ask somebody if they expected perfection from you, they're going to say no. But the way that you move through the world, a lot of people don't realize that they do expect perfection, especially from women. Mm. And one way that this has been showing up recently, especially, is in the Instagram space. Mm-hmm. 
And especially for like weirdly, especially for like micro, I would say micro influencers. I mean, yeah. I don't consider myself like I don't identify as an influencer with the word influencer. I'm a, I'm an artist. <laughs> I see myself being a body image educator yeah. and coach and content creator, but I'm not. I don't see myself being in like an influencer. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't super identify with the word influencer because I don't get paid to exist on Instagram. Like right. I I use Instagram as a way to promote my business, yes. but nothing yes. against influencers. Like right. fucking good for you. Good making, for you. If you're making you, that coin from yeah, existing from, on the internet. From like, a post. Yeah. Amazing. Hell yes. I want that for you. Um, but man, let me, can we just like, we're going to be so honest with you guys. Like, I don't want that for me. Well, no, no. <laughs> like I've been trying, I have some pretty serious boundaries now with Instagram. Like I've definitely have been like, just going on to like talk about my body image stuff, talk about my intuitive eating stuff, like trying to just go on for that. And then I'm like trying to my best just to be off of it, you know, because yeah. it's become this space where so much is expected of us. Yeah. In like kind of outrageous ways. I, you know, I have a very, I think I have a healthy relationship with Instagram, which is that I still enjoy it for the fundamental things that it's for, like connecting with my friends, seeing photos of what they're doing, being inspired by other people in the body image space. Like Instagram was such a big piece of my own healing. And I mean, goddess sessions, everything I do exists because of Instagram. Yeah. But at the same time, I have found, especially within the last year, two years, like the, the energy towards people who, like us, like share a lot and have a business that lives on Instagram and and we work in... Has some sort of like platform. Yeah. However big that platform is. Even like... uh, Relatively speaking, ours are small compared to like these 50,000, 100,000 plus people. But like, you know, I mean, we have like... What? I have like five. You have like eight, nine, something like that. Yeah. Like... So we have like, we have, you know, I'm getting so platform. close to 10K where you can do that swipe the up swipe thing. Up. Oh, I want God. the swipe up. I would up. kill for the swipe up. All I want is the swipe up and then I'm If good. Instagram actually cared about small businesses, they would give us all the <laughs> swipe up. Give us all the swipe up. Anyway. Um, I hate the phrase, link in bio. I know. But that's my whole life. Link in bio. Link in Link in But, but, but. Let me say swipe up, damn it. There is this just like expectation on anyone with a platform to speak and be knowledgeable about everything. 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 And there's, you know, Kenzie Brenna posted a a really great thing about this that's like, I'm not a news source. Well, and here's the thing too. It's be super knowledgeable about every single thing Mm -hmm. and quickly. Yeah. So it's like, if something happens, you better have the exact right thing to say immediately. Yeah. Otherwise, where is she? Why isn't she saying something? It's like, whoa, like maybe because we're human beings, we're processing stuff like, and you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, again, yeah, it, it is this like idea of perfection. Like, but then that's really complicated because what, what does that even mean? Like, and, and the idea that, 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 that there should be like one right opinion and one right thing to say is kind of fucked. Well, and, you know, we all know that when we look at activism as a whole, it is much more beneficial for a lot of people to be showing up imperfectly than a, the small few to show up perfectly. And so, yeah. and you know, what, even in our— perfectly? Exactly. Even in our own work, which is body image, body liberation, body positivity, whatever you want to align with, like, 
we are not always going to say the exact right thing. We are not always going to say the perfect thing for the movement, for somebody else's idea of what the movement is, which like for me, it's a social justice movement allowing for the fact that our the shape and size of our bodies should not equate to our worth and mm-hmm. the way that we are treated mm-hmm. in this world. The mm-hmm. world should be more open and able to accommodate everyone of every body size. Yes. So, but there's just this weird energy that has been created where anybody who speaks about one social justice movement, I think especially women who work in the body image space too, there is an expectation that we will know everything about every social justice movement or every big crisis that happens. And I... I'm the type of person that like, I'm the first to tell you that I don't fucking know everything. Uh, Far from it. So far from it. I just don't. I am, I am a relatively intelligent person. I like to continually learn, like no brag, but I'm like one of those lifelong learners that they talk (laughs) about in elementary school. Um, Because like, I love to read. But, (laughs) but I also, I know my bound, my limits. I know what I'm capable of as a single person that, you know, tries, but I am not going to be able to always speak instantly and, you know, fluently about everything that happens. And I think that there is this expectation that's almost like a silent expectation, but you know that it's even, even on everyone, I think that there's this sort of thing where it's like, you have to post about this or you are a bad person and you don't care. And yes, And it's not right. And it is a way that we are applying perfectionism to other people and our expectations of others. And let's be very clear. Instagram is one tiny sliver of life. And one tiny sliver of activism. Oh, yes. It's like, honestly, the bare minimum of activism. Like, if you're only showing up on Instagram and not in the real world, then like, cool. I mean, not doing a whole lot. Right. Right. And so it's like, you don't know what someone's doing in their real life. You don't know the important conversations that they're having with real people in their real lives. You don't know how they're being involved in their communities or how they spend their money or whatever it might be with whatever sort, like whatever it is. Like you have no idea what they're doing in their real life. Yeah. You know, and maybe they're choosing to not spend a whole lot of time on Instagram, but then they get fucking blasted if they don't speak right. Recently, it was like, within the past like four or five months, I chose to spoke about speak about something because it felt right to me. And someone had shared like, oh, I was wondering where everyone's speaking about this. I didn't see anybody, but then I saw Julie Olmacher. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll post hers. And so she was kind of like getting ready to like call out people for not speaking on it. It was like 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, like, it's, you don't know what they're doing in their real lives. Yeah. Maybe they're having thoughtful conversations about this with the people in their lives. Maybe they're still processing what happened. Like, we're human beings. Like, we're not machines and we're not news outlets. And we're like, and we're yeah. not experts in all these things to all of a sudden, like, see something happen on TV and then immediately have, like, a perfectly formulated response to it. Like, well, and a I, lot of this stuff just takes processing and takes time. Well, and just like any other person, you know, these things impact us, impact anybody. And, you know, when I see things happen and anything, honestly, like I have to work through the feelings of that before I can say something to anybody else because I know that 
what I say matters. And I think for anybody, it's true that what you say matters. The way that you show up in the world matters. And there's a big difference between staying silent and not doing anything when injustices come up. Um, And acknowledging that you might not be the right person to speak on this topic. Like, I know Uh, that I'm not a leader in most social justice movements. I come from a place of a lot of privilege. I, you know, I'm, I don't understand a lot of things that happen. You know, there are a lot of things happening all over the world that are horrible and break my heart. And I am interested in learning more about, but that doesn't mean that I'm the right person to like share when something happens or comment yeah. on something that happens. Right. And like, like we're just, we're trying to learn. We're trying to like grasp yeah. and learn, okay, what's happening and what and what can be done about it. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking to freaking body image influencers for <laughs> whatever, for like news or like news. commentary on news, like why? 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 I why? think that it's a question Let's again. Let's look like, to like real journalists who've been dedicating their whole lives to like, you understanding can, these crises or understanding yeah. these movements. And you can follow look, look, look CNN the, on Instagram. That's what I do. Look to the leaders of different movements who like, this has been their life's dedication because like, yeah, let's let's hear what they have to say. But like, why are we putting all this on influencers? Everyday kind of like normal people. Like, well, and I think that it's, we're, we're learning right along with you guys. It's also <laughs> the fact that like, it's actually okay to be specialized, to be interested in certain things and to have your heart yeah. in a specific thing. Because the fact is, is like, we can't be nobody has the capacity to be a full-time activist in everything. Right. And that's why everybody has different like passions in their heart that yes. they stand up for and that they yes. put their time and energy and money into. Yes. And I think that, you know, all of this to say is that understanding where those expectations are coming from and that it's not actually that you are wanting people to show up in a genuine and authentic way, but it's that societally, we've created an expectation that anybody with any type of platform show up in one specific perfect way. And that's... And it's just not... That's not... That's just not how humans work. It's like, very dogmatic. It is, and it's... It, it's very dehumanizing because I feel like I don't want to let anybody down. I love my community. Like I love that I have people on Instagram who care about me and care about the work that I do and that I get to know and I get to make friends there and share, you know, the, the good word of goddess and like all of, all of the things that I care so much about. And at the same time, like I'm still a person who has, my own life struggles. I have things that happen every day that I don't share on Instagram. I have, you know, my own mental health that I have to deal with. I have my own relationships and all of these things that don't exist in that space that I think that don't always come into play in the minds of people who have these perfectionist ideals and are applying them. And at the same time, it's not fair (laughs) to like, it makes me want to apply those ideals to myself. It makes me dip back into my old perfectionist tendencies that I've worked very hard to overcome. It makes me apply those things to my real life relationships and assuming that the people around me expect perfection from me. And so it can be really damaging to put that kind of expectation on a 
person. Yeah. Because I'm not a platform. I'm a person. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I just think it bears repeating that life is happening outside of Instagram. Yeah. Like there's a lot we can do on Instagram. Absolutely. There's a lot of good we can do. We can share education and information and, you know, inspiration and empowerment. There's there's so much good that can be shared there. Yes. And mm-hmm. Instagram, again, it's like kind of the bare minimum. It's like it's like the easiest way to like share stuff. Mm-hmm. But like if we're not actually doing things in our real lives, then like because uh, uh, the reality you know is, I mean? is that I could I could share somebody else's post in my story and have no idea what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. I could do no back work. I could not yeah. learn anything about it. Yeah. I I could do that and look like I'm showing up or I could try to actually learn. And like, I know that everybody has their own ideals and the, their own way of showing up, especially when it comes to s- social justice and issues in community and just with being a person. But I think that it's just really important to allow the space in your mind for other ways of looking at things. And that's Mm. where this this conversation is sort of coming from for us is like, we haven't been called out and told that we're doing anything wrong. I, you know, I'm, but at the same time, there's an unspoken pressure and an unspoken expectation of perfection that does seep its way in. And when you are, somebody who's unlearning all of these unhealthy like diet culture behaviors and societal pressures like to have that seep back in for me has been really hard. Yes. And I don't want it to not be something we talk about just because of the landscape we live in Mm -hmm. and because of these expectations. Like I don't want to be a good girl who doesn't confront things. I don't want to be, you know, quiet and appeasing and stay in my in my little spot so that I don't ruffle any feathers. Like, it's just like we were talking about, like in our personal relationships, it's the same on Instagram. It's the same. And it can be really challenging and really scary because, you know, there's a lot of people who have a lot of very firm beliefs. And I know I'm a person with firm beliefs too, but like my firm belief is that everybody's a person mm. and a human first. Mm-hmm. And humans are inherently imperfect. Yeah. And I just think we have to come back to that always. Like, we are human beings. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, what all of our, our work comes down to, right, is humanizing us again. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's what body image work is all about. Like, it's it's what everything is all about, all about that we do. It's about, hey, we are each human beings. Humanity over vanity. Humanity over vanity. And so with that, like, remembering that Life, again, life is happening way outside of Instagram. And ultimately, we have no idea what is going on in somebody's real life. Like if we're following somebody on Instagram, all we're seeing is their curated content. Like we're not knowing what's going on in their real life. And some people will talk about that like it's a bad thing. I don't see it always as a bad thing. I see it as like everyone has their right to privacy. We do not owe the world sharing every single thing with Instagram. Like, no, Mm -hmm. it's a good thing that we have privacy and like real lives outside of Instagram. Like we don't owe people that we don't even know (laughs) the depths of our souls. Like we can, we get to choose what we share when we feel like it's going to be, you know, healing and helpful for us and for our audiences. But like, I just think it's so important to keep that in mind that like real human beings, aka all of us, 
are always experiencing every day, like the the real trials and tribulations and triumphs and all all the the, the whole vast array of the human experience every single day. Yeah. And if something happens and there isn't a post, there's not a story on it. It's like we have no idea what's going on in their real life. Yeah. That maybe is taking away from their ability to like share something thoughtfully or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. or it's just we have to stop reducing real human life to an Instagram platform and to a square that you're scrolling through. And I think that, you know, for me, it's been very beneficial to apply this diet culture point of view to those expectations for perfection. Mm -hmm. Because when I think about my own perfectionism as it applies to me and how I used to view my body through that lens of perfectionism, I can see how damaging that is. And I can see how unfair it was to me and my body and my humanness. And so when I use that same lens to sort of back out and look at people in general of like, oh, when I am expecting this person to say the right thing at the right time about the right thing, Like I'm applying that same perfectionist lens that I used to apply to my body that I thought was wrong because she didn't fit into a size below 10 in her jeans. And like that was stupid. And applying that same sense of perfectionism to other people is unfair as well. Like it's expecting something that just is not human. I'm a human. And so my body sits at a weight that does not fit into a size below 10 of jeans. Like And that's a human. And so they're not always going to speak perfectly at the right time, saying the right thing, et cetera. And it's very helpful for me. And I think it might be for some of our listeners too, when we're doing this on learning of diet culture stuff, that starts to click. And so then when you look at these other places of your life and the the other ways that you are moving through the world and viewing things through a lens, like asking yourself, is this my lens or is this a lens that belongs to diet culture? And again, it's the same thing we say all the time is like, is this a belief system that I want to buy into? Mm-hmm. Is is my belief system that I expect perfection from other people or is my belief system that just in the same way I want to give myself grace, I want to give other humans grace because at the end of the day, they are people. Yeah. And here's an, another way that the, that this whole like all or nothing perfectionism can sneak in too. It's like, oh, if this message isn't perfect for all people who are going to see it, mm-hmm. then it shouldn't be posted. Yeah. But like that makes no sense. So for, and, and again, it's all or nothing. And so there are people out there who are going to hear this podcast and see our Instagram content and they're like, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed. Thank you. And there are going to be people who see it or hear it and be like, that missed the mark for me. Yeah. You know? I don't align with that. I don't align with that. And that's totally okay. For sure. Right? Unfollow, you know, or don't listen to the podcast. Find the voices that do align with you. So here's, and here's like a very simple example. I posted on my stories in the past month or whatever about how helpful I have found Stitch Fix. I know I've talked about it on the podcast too. Like Mm -hmm. I have found it so helpful in finding clothes for me, right? They go up to size 3X. And I I know I have a friend that actually works for them. And she's like, yeah, like they're always, we're always working on trying to be even more size inclusive and body body inclusive, like in all of the ways. And and so they're constantly trying to work on expanding. But right now they go up to size 3X. So me talking about Stitch Fix, right? On my stories on the podcast. Is that going to be helpful for everyone? No. 
No. There's plenty of people who won't fit into Stitch Fix because they're over 3X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Or maybe like, you know, it's outside their budget, you know, and then they can't afford to shop or whatever. Okay. Like, I recognize that, you know? But what? So am I not going to post about this thing because not everybody, like, can use it right now? Like, that sucks and not everyone can for whatever reason, but it's like a lot of people will be helped by it, right? Yeah. A lot of people will be like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. Like, this helped me find the clothes that actually fit me. Awesome. Like, and so it's just like, am I not going to post that because like not everyone is going to be able to use the thing. Like, it sucks that not everyone can, but like, again, humans are making this thing. They're working on making it better. Right now, this is where it's at. Like, where are we always expecting perfection? And like, yeah, it sucks that like not everything is like perfect for all people. That sucks for sure. Yeah. And they're working on it and we're all working on it. And I think we still can allow the nuance in the gray area of being able to talk about things that we know are not perfect, yeah, but are still good. I think that's a really important piece is that we, a lot of times, if somebody is not doing something entirely perfect and not getting it a thousand percent right, like I think there's a big difference between not fucking trying and saying that you are something, which there's a lot of that too. Um, There's tons of brands, tons of companies that say they're inclusive, say they're body positive, et cetera. They are not. Yeah. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a brand that only goes up to a larger, extra large. But these brands that are making the effort. Yeah. And there are many who are making the effort. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's not enough yet. Right. It's not enough. Right. And I think the fact that they can acknowledge that, can see it, and can continue to move forward while still doing good. Yeah. Doesn't mean that, like, they're not good. Doesn't mean that what you're talking about isn't a good thing. It's devastating that, especially when it comes to size inclusivity, that, you know, plus size is seen as starting at like a size 12 and that there are so many people and beautiful, big bodies who cannot find clothes in the same stores. It's bullshit. It is. And it used to be that somebody my size couldn't find clothes in those same stores. It's small fucking steps and it sucks. And at least the steps are happening, but it's not enough. But at the same time, we don't have to apply the lens of perfection to something that is good. Because I think that that's a really common thing these days of if you don't do everything exactly right from the jump, then it's like, why bother? And it's like, well, because I can still do something that is good. It just isn't perfect. And I don't honestly think that perfection is what I should be striving for as a person because it's an unattainable goal. Striving for perfection is dehumanizing. Yeah. It's dehumanizing, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, because, because it doesn't exist. Exactly. It's, it's something that, again, the patriarchy has very much instilled in all of us that we are capable of, but we're not because we're people and people have needs and people have, you know, emotions and, and different lives. All of us are living very different, complicated, complex lives that cannot be boiled down to the way that you show up on the internet or the conversation that you have or like with one person or, you know, I make so many mistakes. 
I'm super grateful Hi. for all the mistakes yeah, that I we're make. Human. I've made so many mistakes and I'm going to keep making mistakes. Yeah. And that's okay because yeah. at least I'm going to keep showing up and trying. Yeah. Because the fact is, is that this expectation of perfection can stop people from trying. Right. Abs- absolutely. And truly, it's another reason this whole like all or nothing is why we need as many diverse people speaking up. Mm-hmm. because the people that aren't going to resonate with what I say due to my lens and my experience, right? They need somebody else who does, you know, have a similar shared experience as them, mm-hmm. you know, and where they're coming from. And so, like, we need as many diverse people sharing and speaking up and and doing that so that we all can be like, oh, my God, she, I really resonate with her, she gets me because she's, you know, similar to me in this way. And wow, like that really was helpful. Yeah. We all need that person, right? And yeah. I think we have to stop expecting every single person to be all the things to all people because it's it's not possible. Yeah. We all have our own very unique lived experiences. And I know that while I've been, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's lucky because it's like a huge bummer that there are so many stories that are very similar to mine. <laughs> you know, I've been lucky to get to share my experiences and and have people who identify with me and what I've gone through. But I know damn well that I can't speak to anyone else's lived experience. I also can't tell anybody else what the right thing for them is. Mm. I will only ever speak from my own experience, from what has worked for me, from what feels good in my body and to my soul. And I'm not ever going to assume that I know what's right for someone else. No. But that's why, you know, in the ways that I show up in the world, like in goddess sessions, it's there's a ton of options. It's for you. It's for what you want and what you need. And I might not be the right photographer for you for what you need. Yeah. I say all the time, finding the right photographer for you and your needs is crucial. You have to find somebody you feel safe with. You have to find somebody who is going to align with your belief systems and understand the abilities and strengths of you, your body, your mentality. Like all of these things are super fucking important. And that applies to everything. Coaching. Everything. Like, oh my God. Like, it, uh, that applies so much to coaching. Yeah. I'm not going to be the right intuitive eating and body image coach for every single person. Yeah. Fuck no. And I wouldn't, <laughs> and I would not want somebody who didn't align with like what I am able to give to feel like they had to come to me. That's why I want more people working in this field. Like, I'm never going to feel like somebody else who wants to do the kind of work that I do is competition. Like, hell yeah, girl, get out there. Amen. I I don't believe that there's not enough room at the table for all of us and all of our voices. And that's why we say all the time, especially when it comes to body image and body healing and like liberation is like, we need everyone at the table. We need everyone on the team fighting the fight with us because every single voice counts and every single voice will be heard by somebody different. Who needs it. Who needs it. Who needs it. Because we know that our voice, our voices aren't the one, we're not the voices for everybody. No. We can't be. Like no one person can be. You know, like it's just, it's it's impossible. Yeah. We all have such unique experiences and unique come froms and unique stories and, you know, yeah, we we need to just expand the table. And when we think about diet culture, especially like, 
hello, we're still in the vast minority. Like we need as it's many. A, we need like as a seventy-two many, billion dollar year industry. That now, like we need as many people as possible. Everybody's got to be on sharing the team. about diet culture and trying to take down diet culture. Like seriously, because like, we are the minority when it comes uh, to this belief system by like, like a like, like a oh wide margin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you know, if you listen to the podcast, you run into it every day of the fact that this belief system is not the standard. And, you know, it's yeah. just, I think that striving to be somebody who like, it's almost like that, like leave no trace thing when you go hiking, right? Like leave where you go, like better or the same that you left it. Like, I just want to leave people who interact with me better than how I left them. Mm-hmm. But it's not my responsibility to be perfect for them. And to say all the right things and to always be, you know, this perfect glittery goddess person because I am that person. Yeah. But I'm also a lot of other complex things. Yep. And I'm not perfect. I'm not glitter all the time. No. And that's okay. We can't be. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. We're human. We're human. And so we kind of just wanted to talk about viewing our expectations of others and ourselves like through that lens and understanding where like, because diet culture beliefs are really patriarchal beliefs and they're really limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so we have to question where that has seeped into all of the areas in our lives. Yes, Because this is just one small facet of the way that perfectionism and like this diet culture belief system can impact your life Mm -hmm. and how you view other people and can really impact your relationships with others. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. So it's not even just about you. No. I'm sorry to tell you, <laughs> but I know it's shocking and upsetting. Shocking. But undoing the learning of diet culture is not just about you. It's about mm. everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. So with that, I mean, we could probably go on and on forever. We really could. In different ways, but you know, it's been uh, about 50 minutes here, so I and think I'm it's, hungry. A, it's a good place to wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Time for us so to, go, to go eat. Eat some food. I love eating food. I love eating food, too. <laughs> I love eating food. I love eating food, too. I've been on a big avocado toast kick for lunch. Ooh. I'm like toasting the bread, mm-hmm. mashing up avocado. Yeah, you got to. Going to sea salt on top, mm-hmm. slicing. Like, it's summertime, so like the Ohio-grown tomatoes are like amazing right Ooh, now. choice. So slice those up, put them on top. Um, I put some arugula. I put some burrata. <gasps> Ooh. Burrata really takes it up a notch. And then I burrata do— Burrata Swank City. Burrata swanks it up. It, it's— I. I it's I splurge for it because it's it's it's, it's, so it's, it's worth it. It's so it's worth good. It. And then you drizzle balsamic glaze, <gasps> not vinegar Ooh, or vinegar she? balsamic glaze on top, and it is just like oh, chef's kiss. The only thing that would make it better would be bacon dough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say prosciutto. You can say bacon. They're basically the same They're thing. The same thing. <laughs> I'm like mmm, a nice salted meat. For I know. <laughs> I'm a big fan of avocado toast with bacon on, and I think it's so good. So good. A poached egg in the morning. Ooh. Ooh. I mean. Damn. I hope everybody's going to go eat some uh, avocado toast. I mean. Um, I mean. All right, friends. Let's go out there and be kind and compassionate to ourselves and others. And always remember that we're human and we're never going to be perfect. Yeah. People, not platforms. Ugh. People, not platforms. Bye.
Hell yeah. And with that in mind, thanks for joining us for another week of The Babes Mint. We love you. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into another episode of The Babes Mint. We hope you're feeling a little more at home in your body and inspired as hell. If you are ready to change your relationship with your body and yourself, we're here for you. Snag a goddess session with Steph. Or check out Jules' free masterclass to free yourself from diet culture for good. The links are on our website to learn more and sign up. And of course, if you loved this episode, we'd so appreciate it if you spread the love a little bit. Share the app. Rate the show. Leave a review. Subscribe. You know what to do. Until next time. Thanks. We love you. Bye.